Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Chris Figueretti, for this week's message. How you doing? These are the glory days of, of the whole year. I mean, this is fall is here, and what a beautiful morning we got. Uh, if you're not here and you're watching online, uh, thanks for being here uh, online, uh, but you're missing out. I mean, people with blankets, it's like being at a football game. It's fantastic. Hey, and we especially need to thank our video crew. Uh, if you're here, doesn't mean a whole lot to you because... You're not seeing any of what they're doing, but they're mixing a compl- I mean, we got cameras everywhere, including up in the sky and um, their own audio. It's crazy what they're doing. Let's give those guys a hand making that available to people online. We got a lot of people tuning in online these days, guys. So uh, what you see here is just a, just a portion of what makes up our church uh, family. Well, hey, if you are participating in the 714 Project, and even if you're not, I'll just catch you up on what that is. Um, I don't know, 30-some days ago, we started a 40-day prayer and fasting challenge, uh, and we have over 1,000 people participating because we recognize that prayer is the difference between what we can do and what God can do. And our world is upside down right now, and the most powerful and profound thing we can do is pray, and you guys are doing that. And not only are we having an impact on our world, but we're changing our own inner world as well. And so thank you for everybody who's participating. I really do hope you can come next Saturday. Friday will be the last day of the 40 days. And then if you started when, when everyone else started, and then Saturday will be that day that we break the fast and we, uh, we come down here and pray, and it's going to be awesome. So anyway, that's that. Well, today is Heroes Day. You know, normally we teach in series, uh, but this is just a one, one message, uh, one singular focus, and uh, we felt like we were praying, and again, asking God what, we, what we're supposed to do, what direction we're supposed to go in, and this was part of it. Felt like the men and women of law enforcement in our community needed to hear from us that we are with them and we're for them, and I just want to give them a round of applause on your feet, people. Come on, let's... And uh, we have uh, put together, um, we have a gift for every law enforcement officer in the Ohio Valley. Um, and um, if you are here, I see, I see some, some men and women around in law enforcement. If you're here, thank you for coming. We, we just uh, appreciate you and value what you do for us. Uh, we have a gift for you and for all your officers. So please stop by the t- tent up there and see Vicki. Um, and then we have a awesome picnic afterwards just to celebrate with the community who appreciates you and hope that you can stick around and and talk to folks and enjoy some fellowship this morning. As I said, our world is upside down right now. I don't know if anybody has watched the news or been on social media, 
Uh, anybody? There's crazy things going on. Uh, good is being called evil. Evil is being called good. Uh, but, you know, the, God's not surprised by that. In fact, in his word thousands of years ago, he, he wrote that those things would happen. The Bible talks about these days. In Isaiah 5.20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And as we watch what's going on in our world, we watch things that are blatantly evil, like burning down buildings being called peaceful protests. We watch uh, officers of the law being called the problem. These, these things are opposite of what we know to be reality. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, the apostle Paul wrote this to, uh, about the times that would come. He said, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Now listen to this and tell me if this does not describe the days we live in. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. And then it says avoid such people, if you can. Uh, avoid such people. I think that describes our world in so many ways. Not every pocket of our world, but it describes so much of what we're seeing today. And I don't know about you, but I find it discombobulating. I love that word, discombobulating. It is uh, because we do. We look around and we see, we see things just upside down, and it's happened so very fast. You know, at the beginning, I want to I, I say this because I, my concern about this message and this, this service is that that it, it might be misunderstood in the world that we live in today, and I feel like this just needs to be, be said on the front end. As the Vineyard Church, we stand against racism. We stand against racism. As a church, we long to live in a world where people are judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And here's what I know. Every law enforcement officer that I personally know believes that as well. But we also stand against these things. We stand against calling evil good and good evil. We stand against slander, and we live in a world of slander. I have a friend, a good friend of mine, who, uh, who uh, writes for some national magazines and whatnot, and somebody called him a racist. And then the mob piled on, and uh, he got canceled, and he is getting canceled and canceled and canceled over something that's completely not true. If you know him, there's not a racist bone in his body, but it's just a slander campaign, and people are, you know, people are dropping it. We stand against that. Guys, if we don't stand against that, our whole culture and society will come unglued. 
and we stand against treachery and abusiveness and brutality. Guys, this is the reason we're having a Heroes Day today. Because we need to stand for what is good and call it good, and we need to stand against what is evil and call it evil. And unfortunately, law enforcement officers have been singled out in this slander campaign, have they not? They have. And they hear day after day, you're bad, you're a racist, you're the problem, we need to defund you. And it gets old after a while. I know. You know, America was founded on the laws of nature and nature's God. It's called natural law. If you're not familiar with the concept of natural law, look it up. But our founders knew that God wired the universe to work in a certain way, that there were things that worked and there were things that didn't work. There were laws, whether you derived them from Scripture or just looked around and could see, see them at work in nature, they were just universal laws. It was, it's called natural law. And in our Declaration of Independence, our founders captured probably three of the top. They said that we have these inalienable rights, these, these rights that are given to us by God. And they are, maybe you're familiar with these. Life, you have a right to live. You have a right to not be harassed and live a life. You have a right to freedom or liberty. You have a right to live and, 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 and be a free human being. And you have a right, and they put it this way, the pursuit of happiness. Now that's interesting, because that was not what they originally wrote. What they originally wrote was you have a right to private property. Now why would they write that? Because you have a right to be creative and invent and, and to pursue your dreams, and to become all that God has created you to be. That's what they were, and, and, and to then reap the benefit of, of the, those pursuits. That was what they were trying to communicate, and they communicated it as private property initially, but do you know why they changed it to the pursuit of happiness? Because they dreamed of a day when slavery would be abolished, and they knew that if they wrote the words private property in that document, that it would be used by those that wanted to perpetuate and maintain the institution of slavery. And so they changed it because they knew they couldn't change it then, but they dreamed of the day that they could, and they set it up so that that, that could happen. We believe, we believe in the rule of law. We believe that government exists to uphold these principles, these laws, these inalienable rights, to protect those rights, to protect our lives, to protect our freedom, and to protect our right to prosper and pursue and own property even. But evil is real, isn't it? Evil evil is real. Jesus said this about evil. He understood that evil was real. He said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Now, Jesus was referring to Satan, 
the devil, the spiritual force of evil in our world. And of course, we don't. He doesn't run around with a pitchfork and, and a red suit with horns and a, and a pointy tail. He manifests through the actions of people, through addiction, aggression, abuse, slander, thievery. But there's an evil force. There's a spiritual battle going on in the background. And law enforcement stands between evil and us. Law enforcement, you guys and gals stand between that spiritual force of evil manifesting itself in physical ways through people and the rest of a civil society. And without you, we're screwed. Not didn't think you were going to hear that in a church service, did you? But we are. You stand between evil and chaos and good people. And Jesus said the thief, referring to Satan, the source of all evil. Now, we could debate whether people are evil or not, but what we cannot debate is that there are people who do evil things. And sometimes they're on the streets, and sometimes they're in seats of power. But in either case, they are dangerous, and they are a threat to our freedom, our lives, and our property. And that's where you come in, officers. That's where you come in. For if you did not do your job, we would live in chaos and anarchy and misery. And you know that. That's part of why you do what you do. And we know it. We do. But at this time, someone needs to stand up and say it out loud. So thank you. You know, I think those who are are calling to defund the police are not really dealing in reality. (laughs) And they don't really care about our lives and our freedom. And they certainly don't care about black lives because they're the ones that are hurt the most when anarchy and chaos come. You know, in the Bible, over and over again, from, from the beginning all the way through, God is referred to as a shepherd, as a shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. It's one of the metaphors he uses to try and describe to help us get our little human brains around this concept of an all-powerful God. He cares for us. But he also talked about a thief, a lion, a deceiver, a liar, a destroyer, that evil that we talked about. And that evil is real. Guys, I have friends who are law enforcement officers, several. And uh, here's what I know from long conversations with them. You guys see evil on a daily basis. You have looked into people's eyes and seen that something ain't right. And it's sent sent a chill up and down your spine. You see daily the ugly underbelly of society, things that the rest of us don't ever want to think about. You see day in and day out the abusers, the thieves, the violent criminals, 
work in those cases that would make the rest of us sick to our stomach, and yet you walk in day in and day out and deal with those things. You look into the eyes of evil. How do you do it? Why do you do it? And then you have to come home and be mom and dad or husband or wife, and how do you do that? Can't even imagine. It's nothing short of amazing. In Psalm 23... King David, trying to describe who God was to him and really who God is to all of us, wrote these words, the Lord is my shepherd. Guys, shepherds lead the flock. They feed the flock. They care for the flock. And they protect the flock. Now, when those words were written, when David penned those over 3,000 years ago, there, were, there was no such thing as sheepdogs. Did you know that? A little history for you. The first, the first time we see in history showing up um, livestock guardian dogs, protectors of the flock, is about 150 B.C., it was a Roman invention. They started training dogs to protect the flock. Now, I have a dog. His name is Gus, and Gus is not a sheepdog. <laughs> Gus is a labradoodle, but we've taught him. We have chickens, you all know. We have chickens, and so we've taught him that he has to protect the chickens, which is funny because mostly what he likes to do is eat their poop. Um, it's gross. It's disgusting. We have to keep him apart. But every morning when we open the door, Gus runs out the door. He knows his job is to walk the perimeter and make sure everything is safe for the chickens. It's really kind of fun. He's, a, he's quite a dog. But he's not a sheepdog. But for the last 2,000 or so years, we have had sheepdogs. Not herding dogs, but protection dogs as helpers. Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman wrote a book several years ago called On Combat, and in it he talks about sheepdogs, and I thought, this, this is appropriate for today, and so I want to read an excerpt from it. It says this, one Vietnam veteran, an old retired colonel, once said this to me, most of the people in our society are sheep. They are kind, gentle, by the way, that lines up with what God said, so I'm just, you know, he's the shepherd, we're the sheep. They're kind, gentle, productive creatures who can only hurt one another by accident, and this is true. Remember, the murder rate is six per 100,000 a year, and the ag aggravated assault rate is four per thousand per year. What this means is that the vast majority of Americans are not inclined to hurt one another. Some estimates say that 2 million Americans are victims of violent crimes every year, a tragic, staggering number, perhaps an all-time record rate of violence. But there are almost 300 million Americans, which means that the odds of being a victim of violent crime is considerably less than one in 100 on any given year. Furthermore, since many violent crimes are committed by repeat offenders, the actual number of violent citizens is considerably less than 2 million. And in a population of over 300 million, that's small. Thus, there is a paradox, and we must grasp both ends of the situation. We may well be in the most violent times in history, but violence 
is still remarkably rare. And this is because most citizens are kind, decent people who are not capable of hurting each other except by accident or under extreme duress. They are sheep. And I mean nothing negative by calling them sheep. To me, it's like the the pretty blue robin's egg. Inside, it is soft and gooey, but someday it will grow into something wonderful. But the egg cannot survive without its hard blue shell. Police officers, soldiers, and other warriors are like that shell. And someday, the civilization they protect may grow into something wonderful. But for now, they need warriors to protect them from the predators. Then there are the wolves. The old war veteran said, then there are the wolves, the old war veteran said, and the wolves feed on the sheep without mercy. Do you believe there are wolves out there who will feed on the flock without mercy? You better believe it. There are evil men in this world, and they are capable of evil deeds. And the moment you forget that or pretend it is not so, you become a sheep. And there's no safety in denial. Then, then there are the sheepdogs, he went on. And I am a sheepdog. I live to protect the flock and comfort the wolf. Or, I'm sorry, not comfort the wolf. Confront the wolf. Or as a sign in one California law enforcement agency put it, we intimidate those who intimidate others. See, if you have no capacity for violence, then you're a healthy, productive citizen. A sheep. If you have a capacity for violence, but no empathy for your fellow citizens, then you have have defined an aggressive sociopath, a wolf. But what if you have a capacity for violence and a deep love for your fellow citizens? Then... You are a sheepdog, a warrior, someone who is walking the hero's path, someone who can walk into the heart of darkness, into the universal human phobia, and walk out unscathed. And that, as I read that, it occurred to me. I asked the question, how do you do that? How do you walk into those situations day in and day out and keep your sanity and keep your soul? And then after I read that, it occurred to me, because you're wired differently than the rest of us. You're made for it. It's in you. And I know that to be true from my friends who are in law enforcement as well. There's something different about them. They are sheepdogs. Every occupation gets infiltrated by wolves. Mine has been. Clergy, for sure. We've read the, the articles in the paper, and seen, the, seen it unfold on, online. Education, absolutely. Business, for sure. Politics, well, maybe more than their fair share. Certainly law enforcement as well. But to let the acts of a few bad actors define the majority of your honorable, dare I say heroic, profession is a crime too big to mention. What we see happening in our country today surrounding uh, the death of George Floyd was triggered either by a wolf in sheep's clothing or a wolf in sheepdog's clothing or a horrible mistake. But to let these bad actors, who are few and far between, define an honorable profession is wrong. And I'm here to say that today. It doesn't reflect law enforcement in general. And the fact that a narrative is being spun that police are the problem is a crime. It's a small group of very radical people with very different ends 
in mind who happen to be very loud and have a very big megaphone right now. But we here at the Vineyard felt like with all the negative messaging that law enforcement is receiving today, it was about time someone stood up and said thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for keeping our community sane. Thank you for risking your lives on a daily basis so we don't have to risk ours. We want you to know we are for you. We are with you. We pray for you. We stand with you. And I believe that most Americans do. And that's not a race thing. It's not a race thing. Far far vast majority of the African-American community does not want to defund the police. It's not a race thing. It's a right thing. I want to leave you with this statement from William Bennett, speaking to the United States Naval Academy in 1997. And this is what he said, and it just reminded me of you. Honor never grows old, and honor rejoices the heart of age. It does so because honor is finally about defending those noble and worthy things that deserve defending, even if it comes at a high cost. In our time, that may mean social disapproval, public scorn, hardship, persecution, or as always, even death itself. The question remains, though, what is worth defending? What is worth dying for? What is worth living for? If you're in law enforcement, I have a feeling you know. But I would say to you that the principles that undergird America are worth living and dying for. That life and the lives of others are worth sacrificing your life for. That liberty and freedom is worth sacrificing for. And for our next generation to be able to pursue their hopes and dreams and visions and to be able to benefit from their hard work is worth living and dying for. What you do is one of the most honorable professions in our culture. So to our heroes in law enforcement, we respect you. We honor you. We support you. We pray for you. And we stand with you. And we thank you. Let's give them a round of applause. Father God, I pray a blessing right now over the men and women in law enforcement who are here, the men enforcement or men and women in law enforcement who are watching online, and the men and women in law enforcement who are serving all over our, our, our community today. I pray, God, that you would put your angels around them, that you would put your hand upon them, Lord, that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them discernment that you would give them everything they need to do the job that they are doing. God, and I pray that as they do, they would know that their friends and their neighbors, their countrymen, 
appreciate, value, and stand with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.